Recording in progress. Okay, shalom everybody. Hope everyone's okay. Enjoying the summer heat. <laughs> we have a, a good question that came out came up recently regarding tchelit. To explain a bit about the background, the original way that the mitzvah of tzitzit is performed is that there's a thread of blue, a type of blue derived from a specific type of fish, squid, whatever it's called, okay? In the time of the Beit HaMikdash, the time of the first and second temples, they knew the exact type of fish or squid that would come on the shore towards next to Haifa and that area, well, like it says there, once in 70 years, etc., all that, it was known. And after the destruction of the Second Temple, uh, became more and more less known, the, the right tradition, due to the exile, as to what is the proper fish or squid for making from its blood, in a specific format, the dye used to make the tchelet string. But just again, the original Torah format of the Mitzvah Tzitzit is with this blue type of string called Tchelet, okay? Now, once, if the secret of the Tchelet is lost and there's no more Tchelet, the Mitzvah of Tzitzit continues to exist. Even if a person doesn't have access to Tchelet, he can still do the Mitzvah of Tzitzit with white strings, even though it's not perfect, but it's still considered kosher and the person is doing the Mitzvah at least to a certain degree with the Tchelet. Now, there was a Rav, a Hasidic Rebbe, Rav Gershon Henoch Liner, from the 1800s, the late 1800s, early 1900s. He was the Rebbe of Radzin, the Radziner Rebbe in Poland. The man was a very exceptional giant of Torah. Besides being a Rebbe, he was also a Gaon in the Torah. And it was one of his life's quests to rediscover the proper fish and squid to be able to, to determine that this is the right fish. Okay? So he did a research, taking all the information from all the poskim, all the Rishonim, Tosfot, Rambam, Rosh, Rif, Ran, you name it, how they explain this fish, is supposed, the squid is supposed to look like. And he went, in his time, what was the biggest Mediterranean sea fish aquarium in the world, in Italy at the time, and he had sketches of what more or less this fish is supposed to look like, and it's all characteristics, and he found a match. He found a match to this design, based on Tosfot, Rambam, you name it, even all the different opinions, but it comes together in one, one picture, he found a, fi- a fish, a squid that matches that perspective. He got very excited, okay? He wrote three, four books, three books, proving that this was the right squid fish. And with such azudik dusha, with braziness of holiness, he began to manufacture, he had a chemist help him out, to begin to manufacture how to take out the blood and to produce the dye which would be used to dye the strings, okay? We're talking about approximately the year Tarmach Tarmah, Tafresh Memhei, Tafresh Memchet, I forget exact year. I think it's 1875, 1885, I don't know exact, the exact year translation of Tarmah 
I don't remember. I think it's 1885, 1895. He faced tremendous opposition, tremendous opposition from the leading halachic rabbis of the time, especially one who was called the Aruch HaShulchan. They wrote extremely against him. Who are you to all of a sudden create something new, to bring it up, you know, to bring up the Tchelet again? What is this? Who are you? What validity do you have after Chubar Beit HaMikdash for almost 2,000 years and there's no more Sanhedrin and big rabbis at that caliber? Who are you to come along? This and also they brought to try to bring proofs from the Midrash and the Gemara and the Zohar that until Mashiach comes, this secret of the Tchelet will be a secret, remain a secret. It will be revealed when Mashiach actually comes. And he wrote everything they said, they argued against him, he wrote back and one opinion that he brought was we're now in the birth pangs of Mashiach which is right before Mashiach so it is fitting that now the Tchelet can be rediscovered so this polemic of is this the real, true Tchelet or not also entered into the breast of the world <laughs> it's not, it, it, the whole Jewish world was involved in this polemic if it's valid or not and by the breast of us also became an issue do we accept it? Do we not? So in Breslov, there were two main camps. First one, of a Breslover elder, more older, his name was Rav Nachman Goldstein of Cheren, the Cheren Rav, who was alive at the time, that year 1885, I think 1885, Tarma, we'll calculate, I don't have a calculator in front of me to tell you which English year it was. It was 1875 or 1885 or 1895. We can, do the, we can do the combination already. If 1845 was Tara, so 40 years later. So 45, 50, 60, 70, 80. There you go. 1885. The Cherner Rav was still alive. He was one of the big, big breast of his elders. And he was a big, big, massive Torah scholar in his own right. He was a giant in all areas of the Torah. He was a Posek, a Halachic Rav, you name it. He was a Dayan, everything. Av Beidin. He was everything, the, the Rav Nachman Goldstein of Cheren. When he heard about it, he said, there's no source, not in the Chumash, not in the Tanakh, not in the scriptures, not in the Gemara, that the Tchelet is going to be rediscovered. And he's, well, he spoke against it. He said, there's no validity to this Tchelet. So in his footsteps, all of the 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 students of his students till today they're in that camp till today that there's no tchelet forget it and they bring this he brought there's a source brought from the wording of Rav Nossin in his prayer prayer number 49 where he touches upon the mitzvah of tchelet because that's where that's a theme of Likutei Moran lesson 49 Rabbi Nachman goes into the concept of the tchelet and in the prayer based on that lesson Rav Nossin he says to have the Beit HaMikdash and then the Tchelet will be re-revealed so they said, ah, you see from the wording of Rav Nosen that he himself is hinting that the Tchelet will not be revealed until Mashiach comes this is the first camp until today Breslavers, many of them who follow this tradition will not wear the Tchelet strings there is a second camp, however that of a fourth generation Breslaver Rav Nachman of uh, Cherin, of Goldstein of Cherin, was the third generation breast liver. He was a disciple of Rav Nossin, Rav Nossin, disciple of Rabbi Nachman. So three generations. The next generation, the fourth generation leader, his name was Rabbi Avraham ben Rav Nachman Halevi Chazan of Tulchin. 
the author of a very, very deep commentary on Likutei Moran called Bir Likutim, and author of many other books also. And the man was very deep and very secretive and mysterious. But, without a doubt, and understood by everybody, he received a very, very specific tradition. And only him and another person knew of this tradition. You've probably heard of it many times in the past classes. We'll go over it again. There was a secret transmission from Rabbi Nachman called Megillat Setarim, the scroll of secrets. He revealed it to specifically and only two disciples. Rabbi Nachman revealed it to Rav Nosen and Rav Naftali. And in it, Rabbi Nachman told them all the secrets of the world until Mashiach comes. What's going to happen? What is it? Like a, it was like a, a, a prophecy, a Ruach Nevoah, of what's going to take place until Mashiach comes. And Rabbi Nachman warned the two that only two people per generation are allowed to know it. That means whoever of you two passes away first, which was the case by Rav Nassim. Rav Nassim passed away in 1844. Rav passed away at least 20-25 years later. Whoever passes away first, the second person alive can reveal it to somebody else. That is what happened. Rav Nosen passed away in 1844. Rav Naftali revealed the Megillat Setarim, based on what the Reb, Reb, Rabbi Nachman told him to do, to another breast liver who was trustworthy to keep a secret. His name was Rav Aharon Lipovetsker. And then, when Rav Naftali passed away in the late 1800s, Rav Aharon Lipovetsker revealed the secrets of this Megillat Setarim to this Rabbi Avraham ben Rav Nachman Halevi Chazan of Tuchin. Okay? This Rav Avram Rav Nachman Halevi Chazan was so secretive that when, when Rav Aaron Lepovetzker passed away, nobody knows, nobody knew A, if he revealed it to, to somebody else, and B, if he, who, who he revealed it to. So, who it was revealed to, they didn't know. And if he, Bichlal, if he even revealed it to anybody. Okay? And people gave up all types of theories. No one knows till today who he revealed it to. He passed away in the middle, in the midst of World War I in 1917. Nobody knew who he revealed it to. In fact, when he passed away, the daughter of Rav Aharon Lipovetsker, who obviously knew, you know, that Avram Rav Nachman had received from her father this secret transmission, she asked, does anybody know who he revealed it to? Because there was a problem. This Avram Rav Nachman a year, almost a year before he passed away, that means from 1816 to 1817, he became sick and he lost his ability to speak for one year before he passed away. Okay, almost a year. He passed away in the middle of Hanukkah, on the fifth candle of Hanukkah, and nobody knows if he even revealed it to anybody. Nonetheless, him and other breast of Rav Nosen, for example, to remember the pattern and the, the, the details of this secret, of the transmission of what's going to take place before Mashiach comes, they wrote for themselves in like a format of Morse code, in like Rashi Tevot, in like code words, code format, points that, that they should remember, because they weren't allowed to write it, because you can't write it, because it'll be revealed. So they kept a secret like format of this booklet. They made a kuntres out of the Megillat Setarim for themselves, Avraham Rebbe Nachman made it for himself so he shouldn't forget the transmission. 
but you still, when you look at it, you can't understand exactly what it says there. People make all types of theories. Some professor, some doctor, he made a whole book analyzing it. He was able to decipher what it's talking about and everything. But there's a joke they say in Breslov. He who says he knows, doesn't know. And he who knows, he doesn't say. He doesn't talk, doesn't say anything. So Avram Berev Nachman received this transmission. So now going back to the Radzina Rebbe, 1885, Rav Nachman was in Poland at the time that this polemic was taking place, and he also developed a type of a closeness to the Radzina Rebbe, because there were two Torah giants, and the Radzina Rebbe had a big respect for this Rav Avraham ben Rav Nachman, this breast liver. A big respect, he even prepared for him like a silk bekeshe, like the Rebbe's wear, he refused to take it. Nothing, he ran away. And uh, he had a big respect for him. So he was very open with him. He was able to confide into him, in, with him. And he told when this polemic started, and it started getting very, very bad. You know, it started bypassing just halachic opinions, where people, like, as always, unfortunately, fist fights and machlokot, etc., strife in the Jewish people. So the Radzina Rebbe told Avram Berva Nachman, and this is how the story goes, this is what was handed down by the students of Avraham ben Rav Nachman, who heard this story from him, that the Radzina Rebbe said, said, they're shooting arrows at me with their, with the rabbis, their, their, their disaccord, their disagreement, the disagreement to the the, the trellet. And I wrote three books proving that this is the authentic trellet. So Avraham ben Rav Nachman said to the Radzina Rabbi, I have a stronger proof that your trellet is the real trellet. Because, and this is like a one unique time, that he opened his mouth to reveal a secret revealed in this transmission of the Meginat Setarim. And he said, the Rabbi Nachman revealed that in the year Tarma, or Tarmach again, I've, please don't take my word on it, if it's 1885 or 1888, you can look in history books. Uh, you want to say it in English, you can take a look in the NCSY OU booklet entitled A Thread of Light, Tzitzit, A Thread of Light by Rav Ari Kaplan. You can take a look at the last chapter in that book. Rav Ari Kaplan brings the whole story of the Radziner Rebbe and his revelation of the Trelet and his opposition, how the breast lovers did hold by it, etc. You can see there and the dates and everything are in the last chapter of that little booklet called Tzitzit, the Thread of Light by NCSY OU Publications, Rabbi Kaplan. Okay? So, Avraham Nachman said to the Redzina Rebbe, I have a stronger proof that this is the real Trelet because Rabbi Nachman revealed that in this year, 1885 or 1888, the Trelet will be re-revealed okay this is the story that goes in breast of tradition from the disciples Avram Bevan Nachman which means that they including Avram Bevan Nachman began wearing the Radziner Rebbe's Trelet okay so so far at this point by 1885 let's say you have two camps in the breast of movement because again it was a topic everybody was talking about you couldn't avoid it if you were a from Jew Back in 1885, it was a topic that was going crazy all over. Even by the Sephardic countries that reached this polemic of the Trelet and everything, they heard word that it became revealed by a Rav in Poland, etc. Okay? The word got out. 
So now in the breast of camps, you had the two groups. You had Rav Nachman Goldstein, who was a big gaon, and he said there's, kind of, there's no source that it'll be revealed. However, I remember Rav Nachman with his tradition that it will be revealed, okay? So that's the first two groups of people in the breast of movement who wore tchelet and who didn't wear tchelet and both had big shoulders, people with broad shoulders to rely upon. Now, going uh, fast forward 20, 30, 40 years later, in the late, mid-1930s, by that time, the Radziner Rebbe, Gershon Henech Leiner, had passed away already, and his son became the next Rebbe, and his son, as great as he was, but he wasn't at the level of his father, began to also continue the manufacturing of the Tchelet dye, taken from the squid that they shipped from Italy, from the aquarium, to Poland and to make it there with the supervision of a chemist and everything. Rumor got out in the mid-1930s that he's not doing it the same way as his father was doing it. So immediately, many Breslaver Hasidim, disciples or disciples of the disciples of Avram Rav Nachman, stopped to wear the Tchelet. Because if now it lost its Samchiyut, it lost its validity. <laughs> why? So why should we wear? Why should we stick our necks out, or we wear tchelit and then get involved in the polemic, if now it's not the real thing? So many students of Rav Nachman, including we'll give some names, Rav Levi Yitzhak Bender, for example, did not wear the stopped wearing the tchelit. They did not wear it anymore because of the rumors. There are others who didn't hear the rumor, didn't believe the rumor, and they continued to wear tchelit strings. Including as an example, you have Rav Adel Chaim Rosen who wore Tchelet in Eretz Yisrael, okay? He was, these two people were disciples of Avram Bevan Nachman. So you have here now three groups. Two groups who don't wear the Tchelet. One because they hold that it's not the valid one. In other words, from the beginning, or from its onset. Students of Rav Nachman Goldstein of Cheren. Those who believed, yes, on the onset, the, the original discoverer of the Tchelet strings, the, the Radziner Rebbe, it was valid. But the follow-up of his son and the Hasidim and all things and, and not having the, the broad shoulders of the, of the Radziner first Rebbe, he, they lost the touch how to do it properly. They stopped wearing it. So you have, and then you have the group who continue wearing the Tchelet even till today, okay? From the son and the grandson and wherever the Radziner Hasidim exists today in Bnei Brak, and they continue to manufacture it based on the original recipe which was revealed by the, the original Red Zinner Rebbe, okay? So these are three groups. And after all this, there's recorded a story of an, a, a later generation, Breslaver Chassid, who was in the same time of Avram Rebbe Nachman, but later on, his name was of Israel Karduner. Israel Halperin Halevi Karduner, he's buried in Tveria. He revealed that he had a dream with Rabbi Nachman. And Rabbi Nachman, in his book, Chaim Aran, Tzadik, he talks about the big, the big merit of seeing him in a dream. Rabbi Nachman says, it's a big thing when people see me in a dream. Some people see me as a young man, some people see me as an old man, but he spoke highly about it. And this Rabbi Yisrael Karduner, for the sake of the message that comes out of it, he revealed, again, these people don't talk and boast about what they have and everything. It came out because it was needed to come out. And Rabbi Yisrael Karduner said that he had a dream with Rabbi Nachman, and in his dream, he asked Rabbi Nachman, do I have to wear the tchelet tzitzit? And he said to him in the dream, love dafka, you don't have to wear it. It doesn't ma'akev, it doesn't stop you. 
you know, you're more breast liver or you're more authentic if you're wearing it or not. He says, love dafka. You're not going to be given a din v'cheshbon, an accounting because you didn't wear it. And you're not going to be given a din v'cheshbon because you did wear it, okay? So you're okay, whichever camp you take, you're okay. So we have now another group of people who do or, or do not, and without force that you have to do like this, or you don't have to do like this. With all this, you see the variety of the tchelet in Breslev. You can't say now, ah, he, he wears tchelet, so he must be a Breslever. It could be that many people, a lot of people in Breslev do wear the tchelet. And even those who wear tchelet, there's a whole story with Rabbi Herzog, the chief rabbi of Eretz Yisrael, that he received a copy of the format of the how, how the tchelet is made from the chemist who was working with the Radzina Rebbe. And he showed it to another chemist and he says, it's, it can't be. This is a chemical reaction that causes the dye. And they came up based on that I- issue, proving that this can't be tchelet, because it's a chemical reaction that causes the blue. So they said it, they found another squid, that this is the v- valid, true squid that you can use for the tchelet. So it's another pain that exists today. Okay, but we're not going to go into that because it's outside of the parameters of what's been passed down in the past four generations of the breast of a chassidim. Bottom line, you don't have to wear tchelet. If you do, it's a personal, personal opinion. But don't go around saying, ah, the breast of us, they wear tchelet. Don't say that because you have many great people in breast of who don't wear tchelet and their tzitzit. And you have those who do. It's nice, for for example, about Shuva, who gets into Breslev, and he has an identity crisis. He wants to have an identity. So he gets a nice white keeper like mine, whatever. He writes in whatever on he wants to write it. And he has the pears sticking out, and the big beard, and the tzitzit of the tchelet. And that, that's given the stereotype picture by everyone that that's a Breslever. Love Davka. That's not necessarily the case. Breslev today is so big, it's so humongous, that you don't know who's who anymore. And you can dress any way you want, Litvish, Hasidic, Temani, Sfardi, and still be a full force follower of Rabbi Nachman's teachings, not partial, full force. Meaning there's no proof by external garb and, and presentation that ah, he's a breast liver. If there are stereotypes, but that doesn't say anything, that doesn't say the story. Because you have many people who we don't even reach their feet and they're dressed like simple Litvish guys or whatever, white shirts, you know, uh, trimmed beard, some people without beards and muscles. Uh, you don't know who's who today. So like, the point is, again, not to use a stereotype as a proof to what to do in the breast of movement. And especially when it comes to tchelet, not to feel a necessity to wear it or not to wear it. You can wear it. And you have a credit if you do. You have who you can rely upon. No problem. We won't. No one will run after you. Ah, you wear tchelet, so that means you're not. You're treif. You're not kosher. And the opposite also. If you don't wear the tchelet, no one's going to say, ah, you're not a real breast because you wear tchelet. That's not a factor here. So all this had to be put. I think it was fine. Finally, time to give a class because of questions that came up. That's a Q and A, right? This question came up recently by somebody about the tchelet and breastlev, and I think we laid it out pretty clearly in this class. And Boch Hashem, it's recorded, so now any time someone else brings up the question, I just, I don't have to give another class. We have it recorded over here. Okay, Bezat Hashem, all the best. Thank you for joining, and until next time. Shalom, shalom, everybody.